Hey guys, this is going to be part two of our antenna. I would say discussion, but it's ending up more like a lecture and I apologize for that. Um, but if you're listening to this and, and you haven't listened to part one, I'm going to ask you to go back in the podcast. The podcast just before this was part one where we talk about gain. We talk about impedance. We talk about the, the, the fundamentals of the antenna. And so what, what makes an antenna do different things? Um, again, I mentioned this in the beginning of part one. A lot of these discussions are based on transmitting signals. Um, the better antenna you have to transmit, the better antenna you have to receive. However, it doesn't mean that you can just increase the receive ability of an antenna by doing things. Um, I think we talk about uh, the SWR. We talk about tuning it, a little bit of the wavelength. We talk about the ground plane. All of these topics, when you look, you look at them on the internet, they're discussed in a matter of transmit. And I'll take that ground plane, for example. They're discussed on a matter of a, a, a ground plane being up on the roof of a, a house, 20 feet in the air above ground, right? And so in that situation, that's what a ground plane is designed for. is because it's 20 feet off the ground. So it's relative ground when it sends a signal out is, is off, right? Can we move on? The next one I've never heard of on your list. SWR? SWR. Yeah, like that's. So the standing wave ratio. What's that? I haven't. Have you, James? Yeah. Brad, you ever mess with the SWR meters in, in the CD no, days? No, I, I I don't know anything about it either. I know we talked briefly about it this morning, but uh, go for it. I, I'm, I'm learning here. I want to hear. <laughs> James, well, I'm doing a little bit of. Research here because I want to make sure that I say the right things on this. But um, explain how you would the old SWR meters that for CBs for for those guys who ran CBs and had that. Um, so, yeah, and I I no longer have a CB in my truck. Um, but when I did, you you'd key that mic up, and you'd have some radios had an SWR meter you know, built into the screen. Some of them did not. Um, but basically you had a device in line with that antenna and you'd key the mic up and you'd watch a needle on this SWR meter, um, you know, raise and lower through the roof. And that was basically telling you how well, how well your antenna was working. SWR means standing wave ratio. And so that is, it's the way you measure the impedance mismatch between your antenna and your transceiver. So when we go back to that, okay. to that um, oil coupler. coupler, you would measure the SWR, which was the ratio between how much transfer from your output to your input. One SWR, so a one over one is 100%, means... If you put in 100%, if you put 10 pounds of pressure on this side of the of the pipe and you got a four foot, you're going to get 10 pounds of pressure on the other side of the pipe. If you shrink that down and go maybe half size and you put 10 pounds of pressure on the water pipe, what happens when you nozzle down a water hose? You increase your output pressure. 
Yeah, the pressure. So you're not getting any more water out of it. Right. You're getting a higher velocity water out of it, right? And it's not as efficient. So that's what the standing wave ratio basically is what it stands for, SWR. It's a measure in the impedance. So your output power from the Garmin, how well does your antenna match that power? And if it's a one, which is a really good number, that's a that's, that's essentially ideal. a perfect antenna. You're getting 100% of the power. If you put four watts out of it and you got a standing wave ratio of one, you're putting out four watts. If Can you I bring in, in four watts. And go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Brad. Well, I was going to say, how realistic is it to get a one in an antenna? I mean, it, is that even attainable? Yeah. Uh, if, if you match it, yes. So you're not going to get... Um, hundred percent, you know, the, the, the perfect antenna doesn't exist. Um, but you can get really good matched impedance. So, so there's things on the antenna that as soon as it goes out in the airwaves, you're never going to quite get four Watts back in, you know what I mean? So you send out four Watts, it goes over the air. You're going to lose, gonna lose you know, yeah. the air, the, the stuff. If you run a long enough line, you get lost. You know what I mean? You, you can, you can have a direct wire connection and get loss just in wire, not even wireless. So everything has a loss. You know what I mean? You're going to lose, you know, if we go back to the water hose analogy, if you ran a water hose for a hundred miles in your house, your house doesn't have enough pressure to push that much water. I mean, you're just, you're not going to be able to do it. There's too much loss in that sure. one inch water line that you're just not going to do it. So from a, from a retail standpoint though, cause I think like there's a differentiation here between somebody fine tuning an antenna, because mm -hmm. in theory, like even our Garmin, yeah, you say it's four Watts, but if you're tuning based off of SWR, that would change between individual unit, right? Like you could fine tune to each individual piece the for max. SWR is relation to the antenna. So it's basically what is the impedance to the antenna so yes on a cb you would take your output and you have to you have to so the other way to think about it is reflective power okay so um some kind of power is going to get reflected back to the device and that's one of the swr measurements you got loss so if you if you got an swr and and here's uh notes three i got a, i found a, a swr reading and explains the loss. So I'm just going to pick a random number. Let's say you get an SWR of three, three to one. That's generally not good, right? That's about when on a CB, you're like, hey, that's in the red. You're losing 25% of your power, okay? So you're spitting out, let's just say 100 watts just because it's easy math, right? What goes to the antenna is only 75 watts. What happens to the other 25 watts, right? it got reflected back. It bounced out of that system because it didn't match. It got pushed back. Okay. Like it was, that's the SWR. It's a ref, it's, it's basically measuring reflective power. So you push out hundred Watts, 75 Watts goes out the, out the, the antenna, 25 Watts came back to the device and the device just had to, cool. you know, send it to ground or sink it or whatever it does. Right. That's what an SWR tells you how much of the, the signal is getting reflected in or out, okay? 
Same thing works. You got a really crappy SWR. When that signal tries to come in the antenna, so in our case, we're always looking to receive. We're not transmitting. But if you got a really bad SWR and you're trying to receive that signal, it's getting reflected back out also. It can't go through that junction. So it just turns around and goes back out. The power does. Does that does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah, so so more so real world situation mm-hmm. here. But when when you say you're not transmitting, I guess the the handheld, the Garmin handheld, yeah. does transmit some things. Like when you go to shock a dog or tone a dog, you're transmitting, yeah. correct? So that that signal out, whatever that is, is also affected. But then also I've noticed, and I don't know, maybe this is just me, but like, you know, you can track one handheld from another handheld. And it always seems as if it's harder to track a guy's handheld than it is a dog. For sure. And I would assume because the antenna quality, right, on the handheld, the short one or the medium length or whatever you got when you're packing it around, probably doesn't have as good a SWR as the truck antenna and or the dog collar antenna. So you're not, you're not, that handheld's not sending out as much of the power like you're saying. Yeah. So it becomes a little harder to track that handheld than a, a, a collar. Some of the short ones, yeah, perhaps. I think so, yeah. Um Mm-hmm. And and that's a really good point you touched on is I keep talking about transmit. That's what an antenna is for. It's transmit and receive. On the Garmin side, the transmit mostly happens on the dog collar. But if if it's going out, it's the same as it coming in. You know what I mean? It's like a gateway. It's like, okay, well, you can turn the oil and, and push it the other way direction too. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. The water, you can, you can change the direction of the water. And you know, it can only go a certain way but it's equal it's like oh if it goes this way easy it's going to come back easy so you know transmitting it out that's the only way you can test this swr you know what i mean because you have no way of seeing what the power coming in is reflected out to the world but on the swr meter or what they call an antenna analyzer which is what i have you're you you send a signal out of that antenna and then it has this little measurement to go oh I sent out one watt and I got back 200 milliwatts. I know it, that I'm reflecting 20%. Well, and really like I, from my side, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not a smart guy when it comes to antennas, but your SWR, that's like what you're talking about is your coupler. So if it, let's say in plumbing, you were doing a flow test, your SWR, if you're choking that down, like you're saying from your pipe in a relation for the listeners, you take that yeah. two foot pipe, you reduce it down to a foot like that would give you an SWR rating that that difference yeah. between the radio yeah. and what's able to be received or transmitted. It would be the engineers going, "Why can't we get more oil out of this? Why are we? Why are we? You know, they're sending ten pounds of pressure, but we're only getting four pounds of pressure. You got to go look in your system and figure out where you're losing There's your, something. Your five pounds. You're losing five pounds of pressure somewhere. Yeah, and making sure everything matches up." is the best you may you may not get 10 pounds you may only get nine and a half pounds you know what i mean like you're, you're not going to get a perfect you're going to lose some over over length the same thing with everything but if you're losing too much then you got to go figure that that problem out so um and, and essentially swr like i said it matches the impedance it, me- it measures the impedance of the two antennas and so you want a good matched antenna and that changes no matter where you put the antenna, if you mount, like I, I did a video this morning 
where the antenna was on the, my front bumper and I measured the SWR and all I did, I was, I was getting like 1.4 on my front bumper. All I did was pick that antenna up and I put it on top of my hood and that my SWR went to like 1.2. I, I, so what is it? Point two is just by changing the location. 1%. No changes I, I to the antenna. One percent of my antenna just in the location. Yeah. I don't even, I, I didn't have a long enough cable to put it on top. You know what I mean? Cause it still had some stuff reflecting it. If it's around power lines, if it's around a truck, if your if your truck doors open, there's so many things that go into what that antenna wave is reflecting that it's just not cut and dry to be like, oh, I can pull this antenna out of a box and it has an SWR of one. It, that just doesn't happen. You cannot assume your SWR is one. You have to measure it because it changes. So. Yeah, and this is and this is where like all those variables. I mean, we were talking about connections. Yes. The, the screw together different things you've got from the bumper to how the antenna is mounted to the magnet or mounted to your truck, yep. and whether you're using the fender mount or yes. the the other one, all of those are going to affect your SWR. Correct. So there really isn't a good way for one. It, it's not going to be a one size fits all right. deal if you really want to go deep in the weeds and figure it out how to be the best antenna for you, you would have to get your box, get the, that antenna analyzer thing that you have and test different stuff, how you want it to be set up and see how you can narrow it. And every component, the part that screws on the handheld, you know, the little, the little SMA connector with the little pin, that connection Mm -hmm. can change the SWR. The cable, is the cable kinked? Is the cable coiled? Is the cable, you know, the, the webbing wore off? Is it chewed on by a dog? You know what I mean? That can change the SWR. Where that cable connects or is soldered on to the bottom of the antenna mount or the, the magnet mount, where that connection is, is, is connection, that can change your SWR. And then when you screw the antenna on, that part can change the SWR. And then when the metal rod, you know, it's got a little set screw for adjusting the height or whatever, or cutting the antenna. If that's not tight, that can change your SWR. So there's so many components along this antenna path that build up the impedance. That's all that stuff is, is factored into the impedance. You know what I mean? And so one of those things go wrong and your SWR kicks over to three or four. And now you're, you know, which is easy to do. Now you at four SWR, you're losing 36% of your, your signal. Environmental variables, variables. Just, just by one connector, not doing very good. So that's why we see two people come in and go, well, I got this antenna and it beat this antenna. Well, I got this antenna. You know what I mean? Like both sides. Everybody says, oh, the Browning beat the, the triple mag. And well, oh, I got the triple mag beating the Browning. And it's like, what's your SWR? Is, is the antenna matched? Are you losing it through this connector or this wire or this? You know what I mean? What all the way along, if you don't have that antenna matched to the perfect impedance, you can have the best antenna in the world with one faulty connector and and you get a four or five SWR or six SWR, and now you're now you're 50% loss. Just one little connector, one quick connect goes bad. And and your your losses, you lost half your your effective uh, antenna. There's like so, no baseline. Yeah. So 
So that SWR is really important. You know what I mean? Like, like the gain, you can, that, that changes or whatever. That, that's, that's kind of, the, you know, the, like the light, you focus the light. The impedance is really hard to understand. You know what I mean? That's why I try to explain it like in water. But the SWR, that's why I have to explain impedance because that's what SWR is me measuring. It's measuring, does your antenna match your, your, your output? And it, when those things are in parity, when those things match up and, and your antenna is at, at 50, um, 50 ohms and your handheld is at 50 ohms because your handheld could be screwed up. You know what I mean? Like your handheld, for some reason, it's putting out 60 ohms instead of 50 ohms. Well, now you're not matched up because the handheld's bad. You know what I mean? Like we all get those handhelds that don't work very good, right? That's a part of this whole equation. If your handheld's not matched with the right impedance, you can have the best antenna in the world. If you got a bad transmitter, it's not going to match up and you're going to lose power, right? That makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's geeky, complicated stuff, but I think we can move on. I don't, I mean, it, like, does that make sense on SWR? Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes sense. It's just okay. like all these claims one way or the other. I, I mean, so. unless there's a baseline in place, you don't know, which is, you're going to do no some testing, right? I mean, that I was mean, kind of the The hard point. part is, is every baseline is different. Every handheld is different. Every antenna is different. Every truck is different. Every place that truck is parked is different. Some it's trucks are parked next to changing. a metal building. Some trucks are parked next to a tree. Some trucks are parked by a, a, a cell phone tower or a, a, you know what I mean? A power you know, maybe you're parked under the power lines. All of those variables are going to affect that antenna and the impedance at the frequency, at the resonant frequency, all differently. And so in that situation, if you really want to know, you got to pull out the SWR meter and you got to see what's matching up. So we're going to get to how do you tune an antenna, which is basically what people would want to know, right? So let's say you go buy this and... Like James was saying on the CB antennas, you used to get these cheap SWR meters for like 30 bucks at Radio Shack. And you would hook up your, your CB to this box and you'd hook up your antenna to the other box. And so you would transmit, you know, it would say, key, you know, turn to channel, whatever you wanted to tune to. So I tune to channel one and I'd, I'd hit the key button. And then I'd look at that SWR meter and it would, it would basically send four watts out the, the antenna and this little meter in between the, the, the radio and the, the antenna would measure my SWR. And so I could see on channel one, I was getting a high SWR and on channel 40, I was getting a low SWR. Well, I would know the length of that antenna, right? And so I would know that that antenna is, is, is resident and tuning on channel 40, but not on, not as good on channel one. And so you kind of want to build those together and get them all smooth. The problem with um, an SWR meter in our Garmin is we can't just turn the, the transmit on. It's not easy. And even by pushing the tone button, it doesn't send a, a, a constant enough signal for you to measure the power going in and the power going out. I mean, you gotta have a constant four watts nonstop for that to measure the, the reflection, right? Just sending a, a short burst of a the way those Garmin send tones and controls and 
all the updates, it isn't enough. So you have to buy what's called an antenna analyzer. You can't just go buy a, a SWR meter because you don't have a radio. Well, you might have a, you might be able to do it with a truck radio, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to talk about the, the Garmin's. So you get an antenna analyzer. The one I have is called MJ MFJ, I think 259. They're about $350. You buy them at a ham radio store. And that's what you would use because that sends out a power signal that it can measure the reflection from an antenna. So when you hook that up to your antenna, it's going to have a little dial and it, 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 you dial the frequency, right? So the Garmin frequency is going to be at 153, 153 megahertz. That's just the frequency they use. So on my truck, I was dialing the antenna and I was like, okay, SWR meter. My lowest reading was like 1.0 at 150. 150 megahertz, I had an SWR of 1.0, which means if my alpha was transmitting at 150 megahertz, 100% of that signal would go in and 100% of that signal would go out, right? The problem is, is my Garmin's not transmitting on 150. It's transmitting on 152.8, depending on what channel I'm using for the dogs. So when I dialed up to 153, just because that's a round number, I was at 1.4. So not bad. It wasn't a horrible antenna, but I'm losing 3%. So what that tells me is the length of my antenna is not correct, right? Because it's resonating on 150 megahertz. And so this is where it's, it's hard to explain, but 150 megahertz signal is longer than 153. So that you know, basically that tells me my antenna is too long. So um, I would need to take my antenna off, trim a little bit, put it back together, and I should watch when I get to 151 or 152, I'd be a little bit lower. And I'd be a little bit lower. So I might trim again, and I might trim again. And then I'm going to watch it start going up, and I'm like, oh, too much. I'm going to stop, right? So I want to find that bottom, that, that lowest I can with the SWR. Some, if you can get one, awesome. It's really hard to get one. You might get 1.2. You might get 1.1, you know what I mean? Depending on the situation. Your goal is to get the lowest SWR you can at the, at the targeted frequency. So. So when you buy those, like the truck antenna whips, the long metal yeah. one, there's a chart in there when you get them that kind of shows the length versus the the frequency cut chart frequency. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what you're saying is you can kind of reference that if you were going to make an attempt to tune your antenna without an SWR meter. is that you could, well, even with you, you could reference that to know which way so, to go. Yeah. So that's a really good point, Brad. If, if you, if I wanted to tune my antenna, I would start with an uncut antenna and I would cut the antenna longer than I expected because those cut charts are like a, a close number, but they're not the yeah. electrically measured number. You know what I mean? So, so there's a tape measure number, which is like, Oh, 49 and a half or 48 and a half. That's going to be pretty close, right? You should be under three is what, what they're probably, you know, the manufacturer 
is, is probably going to guarantee it's not, that's, that's, that's under three SWR, which is acceptable. Three DB or three SWR again, under 25%. They're going to say, if you cut, use this cut chart, you might, you shouldn't lose no more than 25%. Okay. If you're the guy that's going to complain about 25%, you need to get an SWR meter and you need to trim your antenna to the electrically measured wavelength of the signal you're going to use. Does that make sense? And, and to be fair, just to back up, you, you said SWR meter wouldn't be enough. You would actually have to have the antenna analyzer. No, because well, yes, on, on the frequencies we are because you don't have a good way to, to transmit power. Yeah. So you got to rely on so, this to transmit like, power. For the dog guy who's trying to tune his Garmin, if he wants to chase the 25%, would have to get that box like what mm-hmm. you have, not just the SWR meter like you said not to buy for the CB antenna. Right. And then start with a long antenna and tune your way down until you got to the closest you could yep. to one. And, and then, yeah, absolutely, like you said, the, the, the Garmin frequencies, I know you said 153 is kind of like shooting the middle of the, of the gap, yeah. right? It's like 151.8 to 154 yeah. or something there's like that. There's three channels in the, 150, in, the, in the high 151s, and I think there's two channels in the low 154s. And so I always just shoot right in the middle, 153. But if a guy was really wanting to yeah. dial, like I think I was telling you earlier, like if you, if you were really a geek about this – and you were like, I only run my dogs on channel one of the Garmin, so I'm always one dash two or one dash three. Tune to a that guy could specific. tune his antenna to that 151.88 frequency, which is channel one, and get an antenna that was just dialed to those frequencies. Right. And say, I don't run channel five or six. You might, but you're just gonna little your antenna's not gonna perform as well. You could get down to that kind of a level if you wanted. And that would be, I mean, for like a bird dog guy running one dog or two, it'd be easy to do. For those of us running 10 hounds, that's going to be a little no, bit more no, challenging. No, no, because you would just always make sure your, your collars are on one dash, whatever channel. So okay. The first number. Of so your... the first the first number is the frequency. Yep. The second number Timing. is that time yep. slot. Yep. So the okay. frequency, and again, an antenna has to be a certain length. So the, the, the way you determine the length of an antenna, so you've seen those sine waves. Do you know what a sine wave is? If, if you don't, you need to Google what a sine wave is. It's kind of like you see the power where it goes up and down. It's a curve that goes up. It's a half circle up and a half circle down, a half circle up and a half circle down. Yeah. How often yeah. that happens over time is what they call the frequency. So, so power is like 60 hertz or something. So it happens every 60 seconds or what, or 60 times a second. Megahertz is million times a second, so it's 150 million times a second. That the, the signal goes up and it goes down, up and it down. Well, if you took that that signal where it goes up and it goes down, and then you it was just a string, and then you measured that string, that imaginary you know waveform, whatever that string length, that's your wavelength, right? So we don't use that exact length for an antenna. We go with a five eighths, so it's a, it's a fraction of it. I don't know. I don't understand, but that's how you get your wavelength. The different frequencies have different wavelengths. And so the wavelength is what, what you want your antenna to be because it picks up the most power. Anyways, I see. 
that covers wavelength um, and matching using an SWR to match your wavelength. And it, it's different. So again, like, like today I, at 150 megahertz, I was getting a 1.0 SWR. So that told me my antenna was dialed for 150 megahertz, right? And I don't care what, um, let me, let me Google something really quick while I'm talking to you. I don't care what I measure my antenna. I could take out a tape measure and I could, I could be like, that's 48 point whatever inches, right? Because that's physically what I can measure, but that's not counting the wire. How much is the wire affecting it? How much is the spring affecting it? You know what I mean? All these little the connections, the pieces, yeah. the constantly um, changing the, variables, wave length, um, calculate. So if you go to uh, Google and you type in wavelength calculator, you can normally enter in. It's pretty easy. There's plenty of them out there, but you can enter in the um, frequency. So if I want to dial in 153, uh, that should be megahertz. Uh, 153. The wavelength is 1.959 meters or 77.14 inches. That's what the perfect wavelength of that antenna, that frequency that our garments are, are laying. If you could take it on a string, you're going to get 77 inches. So again, because we like these, these gain antennas that we use, we're using a five eighths antenna, right? So if you take that 77. Five eighths and let's is just referencing to the way. Times it by five and divide it by eight because it's five eighths is the thing. 48.125. That's the, the five eighths antenna length that we want. Actual length of the antenna whip. Like, because it's. The, so there's, there's physical length yes. and there's electrical length, Jason. When you add a spring on there, when you got this impedance, when you got that connector, is the connector making a good connection? All that affects the electrical length, how it acts. So it may be 48.12, but it may act like 49 inches to the electricity. Because the of the windshield factor mismatch. of antennas. So the, all it's doing is giving you a baseline of a place to start. Yes. The charts and the physical length and all that stuff is just a it's just a baseline, it's somewhere to start. Yep. But the only way to dial it in any closer than that would be to own the testing equipment. Correct. So all these antennas are specced for hey, this cut chart will get you within three dB or three uh SWR. You know what I mean? If you use this test cart you know, they'll probably, they have a tolerance of what is acceptable to them to be perfect. If you, if that, if that spec, and I don't know what it is, I don't, I don't really know what it is on Browning and, and this triple mag and all these other ones, but whatever it is, if, and, and it depends on where you put it on your truck, you know what I mean? That this, this changes. So you can, Brad, I can put that antenna on my truck. I can dial it to one. And I could send it over to you and you can put it on your truck and you can get 1.7. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. something electrical is changing the impedance of your antenna. And now you're not getting the same power that I was getting. Right. And that's, and that is exactly what, where the arguments start 
<laughs> well, they start. I don't know the end there, but I definitely I know yeah. that's where they well, start. There's nothing wrong with the antenna, though. Yeah. It's just yes, environmental no, change. With the but to be fair, each person's situation, each truck, each each set of circumstances, and even the terrain you're hunting in are going to affect what number you can achieve in your setup. Yes. And the only way to know is to test and yeah. have one of those meters. I mean, if you're going to chase it that far, like you said, you'd have to have the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, that then I think is a nice segue into, I mean, you know, there's practical testing, like people hang a collar in a tree and drive away from it and go, Oh, I got three, 3.7 miles from this one. And then they hook up a different one and they can go 15. Yeah. And, and that's, I suppose that's good, but most of the time driving away on flat ground is not going to simulate your hunting situation. I mean, most, I, I guess, again, depends on where you live and yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's tough because it's going to show you different antennas. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're definitely not seeing. Uh, you're you're. I don't want to say that you're not seeing an antenna outperform another antenna. You know what I mean? Like people get it in their mind that, well, this antenna is better because it did better than this one. What you're seeing is, is that antenna is matched better to your system in that situation than this antenna. And that could be different on a different truck or a different person or a different whatever. Or maybe that antenna is cut wrong. Maybe, maybe they cut it too short and you can't add length to it. You know what I mean? Like there's reasons that, that, that whole system, when when we cut it from our shop, it, it 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 you can't add length to that antenna very easily. So maybe it's cut too short, and and you're you're getting stuck with one of the two DB or the two SWR ones. You just got the, the short end of the stick. You know, if, if you don't want that, the best way to not do that is is to test, cut, test, and then cut, and then test, and dial it in piece by piece until you watch that SWR come in place. So, and that's something done on an individual basis. I mean, that's not like someone's gonna get an antenna that's a hundred percent tuned from any any retailer. Like, if yeah. you want that level of performance, that's mounted on your truck so that you're limiting the changing variables and you're tuning it in. Yeah, yeah. So that that's in the in the the end game the SWR is like that's pretty much like the end all be all and the west virus drive is a, if you're going you know if you want to compare antennas it's kind of like the super bowl if you're going to put two football teams together in, in the super bowl you don't just go pick anybody off the street you know what i mean you're not just not playing and not practicing and not making sure your stuff is dialed in those teams are dialed in ready to perform and so it's easy to throw it and that's what i do i just throw an antenna on and go hunt but if you really want to see what the antenna is doing and you want the best out of that antenna, you've got to get it ready. You've got to dial it in. You've got to, you got to, you got to sync it. So, um, I, we're, we're close on our time. I know, I think we've hammered that SWR and how to, to measure it. I'm thinking, um, I've actually got some quotes out for getting some SWR meters or antenna analyzers and seeing if I can buy them to sell them so so right now you can find them for like 350 bucks on ham radio outlet or or dx you know which is which is all the ham stuff 
Um, I'm hoping I can find something that's will be able to sell for around 200. Still expensive. Um, but my thought is, is if I could get 10 or, or a, a batch of them, I might even rent them out or something. If we can figure out how somebody can rent one and we ship it or whatever, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if, if somebody really wants to tune one of these things and they don't want to spend $300 to tune their antenna one time. Um, I don't know if we can do that or not, but we're going to look at that. But that's that's what we would need to do. That's a big investment for one antenna. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. So to so to be fair, buddy, you were talking about doing some testing and and whatever. I mean, a truck antenna with a trimmable whip is something that's easy to tune. But if you were just talking like the screw-on antennas that go on the top of the handheld, those are you can't really fix no. that. It's going to be what it yep. is, right? Yeah. Exactly. There. Um, and and I I did some testing today, just poking around. Most of them were high SWR numbers. So like the short rubber ducky I had on my desk from Garmin, it was six dB uh, or six SWR, which means it's fifty percent. So so that's that definitely not an antenna that I would want to use to get long range out of. You know what I mean? I'm losing quite a bit. Right. Good good short range. You know what I mean? If the signal's strong, that antenna is going to perform well. It's going to perform if I'm looking at it. You know what I mean? The angle. That kind of thing is not going to affect that thing nearly as much. You know what I mean? Depending if I'm looking at it flat or looking at it up or whatever down, the right. the gain on that antenna is probably much lower. So that's why I'm, I'm yeah. seeing that. But I'm going to lose half the signal. Whatever signal is out there, I'm losing half on that short one from Garmin. But it probably works in a lot of different directions really well. Yeah. Um, the other one I tested was like I two or three, I think. I, it was uh, one of our our long range rubber duck ones that we have made. Um, it did pretty decent, you know, but again, it was, it was still not one, you know what I mean? It was like 2.5 or 2.6. Um, it's just all dependent, man. It's, it's really difficult. Those, those handhelds. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to turn my lights on. And then for a minute. Hold, hold on a second. You guys keep going. Okay. Well, and then the other, the, the other thing, buddy and I talking this morning, which, and he's totally right. All this stuff we've talked about is all related to the, you know, the, the handheld and the truck side of the system. And that's 50% of your, your problem. The other 50% relates to the dog collar and the antenna on the dog collar, which kind of comes into one of my questions I put on the Facebook was, yeah, you know, almost everybody's probably had a collar that's been chewed up on the end and it's frayed and bent and it's, you know, whatever. How much is that playing into what kind of signal and how good are you receiving your dog information from, from a damaged antenna yeah. on a dog collar? It's the other 50% of the issue. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, it's not easy to test. And the reason it's not easy to test is because they don't have a connector like the the truck antennas do and so there's no real easy way to hook it up to an swr meter that i know of you'd have to build some kind of jig and 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 what i don't know and i'm not smart enough to know is when you get the the bounce back power you know what i mean when you measure that swr is it the screw is it the connection because it's not like you have this 
threaded on coupler that that isolates the signal and so the signal goes through this little mm. pin you're shoving it out a screw <laughs> you know what i mean like you're it's yeah. it's a screw with an antenna and so there's got to be a way to to measure that but if that antenna is pointed up if it's pointed down if it's moving if yeah, it's wiggling it on the dogs now right. dude everything changes well that and that that was the exact that was where i was going with this you go back to that first graphic that you put up about mm -hmm. game and about how those spherical donuts and they get skinnier and whatever and the angle of the vehicle depends on and, and you know that donut is basically going out as a yep. halo around the antenna depending on the angle of the vehicle so now all of a sudden you're sitting on a 10 percent grade yep. That donut is going the dog looking like a ring out of around Saturn, and the dog antenna is never sticking straight no. up, right? Like all of mine have like a curve yeah. to them, and I don't tuck them into the D ring. Like some guys tuck them all the way over the dog and through the D ring. I wonder if that affects signal. It has to. Yeah, you know, there's a lot right. of variables. It again. has to. Yeah. It, yeah. Every time that antenna is moving and it's bending and it's. That impedance on that antenna is changing on the dog. So, yeah. so ideally, so the way I'm, th if, you're, if you're visualizing using that, some of those graphics as a, as a tool to try to visualize, mm -hmm. right? Ideally on the dog, you would want the antenna to stick straight up in the air towards the sky away from the dog's body, <clears throat> because that would then be transmitting the, the donut that's coming out of that antenna would in theory be transmitting the the best and the farthest. I don't know, Brad. I really, yeah. number one, I don't know what wavelength that antenna is. I don't know what the gain on the antenna is for the dog collar. I don't know how to measure so. that. Like yeah. short of, which I, I don't have time for, but short of getting like a spectrum analyzer on a fancier antenna where you can measure power distribution from space, not just in the connector, what's getting bounced back like an SWR meter, but what's physically getting transmitted. So you'd have to put it in a, in a room. What you would do is you put it in a room that was shielded. So it's like a, they have these rooms that have these chain link fences or whatever. They're, they're real tight fencing. It's like, you ever think of like the, um, the jousting guys where they wear these metal suits or whatever. And they're like chain a, mail. A, 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 yeah, yeah, they have rooms built like that that have these metal meshing that does not let wireless signals in or out. You know what I mean? So, and then you would transmit this caller in that room and you'd have sensors or whatever that would be like, oh, I got this signal here. You know what I mean? All the different levels. Short of that, I, I just don't know. And and that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Garmin's done that. I, I get well, that's, that's what I was just going to say is, I mean, really, yes, it's 50% of the problem, but we have to, all of us have to probably take some trust in the fact that Garmin's engineers at some point did a lot of testing to come up with the antenna that's on the collar to start I don't know. knowing. <laughs> Maybe some, I mean, <laughs> did they I'm, save a fraction of a I don't panel? know if they have their own RF room. They probably do now. I, in the beginning, I probably, they probably rented another room well, I or something. I, mean, like, I, don't, I don't really know, but it yeah. gets really, um, I'm sure they've done some testing because they went from the DC 40 days of the, the rubber duck antenna to this cable. You know, I mean, and, and hound guys, I mean, we've kind of made the cable ones. You know, we were doing the cable ones yep. on the DC thirties before Garmin. So, um, some of this was not Garmin, you know, the antennas that are on the collar today, 
were kind of developed by hound guys, you know, taking off those DC 30 antennas that would break and putting cable on and finding out that we could get this. But again, that's a hound guy sticking his finger in the wind, just throwing something out and it, it's stuck. You know what I mean? Does it work better than yeah. the DC 30? And I don't know. It's more durable. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, I see but, what you mean on that but one. But that wasn't Garmin that come up with those. The antennas we're using today wasn't developed by Garmin engineers. It was developed by hound guys cutting cable and being like, oh, if I put this cable on, I can. So, but I mean, in theory, better. like what Brad was referencing too, because he had mentioned like chew dance, like we all get chew dance or the 22 shell crimped over the end of the antenna, you know, like tricks like that. Those are going to drastic. I shouldn't say drastically, but I would assume that that can affect the performance of the antenna itself too, right? I don't know, Jason. Like, that's the hard part of the collar antenna. I don't know of a way to test it. I really, um, maybe there's somebody But else in learned. theory, in theory, all the things we've talked about, just like you said, the bending of an antenna, the, the this, yep. the that, whatever. I mean, in theory... That can't be. Oh, good. It, it changes it. A, yes. It has to affect it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's going to change it. With 100% certainty, it's going to change what the antenna is yep. doing, whether it's to the good or the bad. You yep, don't know. Exactly. What's the dB gain of that antenna in that position? Maybe it's, you know, six. And so it's got a really wide one. But then when the dog goes, you know, sticks its head up, now that antenna is rotated at an angle. And so now a six is, is not as good. You know what I mean? Because. Cause that radiation right. pattern changed and it's not, it's not pointed towards the person with the receiver. You know what I mean? So there's just so many things that go into making this happen. You know what I mean? Like tracking yeah. the dog and just assuming that that dog's antenna, like you said, is pointed straight up and working and da, 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 da. it's like, man, you could one day that, that dog's antenna could rotate around the bottom of the dog's neck. And so now the antennas, you know, on the X and Z, Y axis, completely opposite. And so one dog's antenna is pointed up and to the left and the other dog's antenna is on a different trajectory. And so those radiated patterns are different for each dog. And where's your receiver in that moment? Right. You know, well, and that's where I'm sure you guys get it all the time. Phone calls from customers and they go, well, this, my one antenna always is better than the yeah. rest. Like I can pick this dog up first every yeah. time. Mm -hmm and whatever yeah. and it it kind of begs the the question like okay well that that has to be going back to all those different yeah. scientific terms and whatever and those just match up well the receiver to the to the dog yeah so it's, it's just i mean the best way i can describe it is it's complicated and i don't know how to test a dog collar i i just don't know how to make the connection to the swr meter or my network analyzer or is there another network analyzer I can buy? You know what I mean? Like that's the part. And maybe one day, I, I just don't want to get that much into it. I, I really don't. But maybe um, maybe this is going to warrant me a trip or a phone call or a discussion with Garmin and, and, and ask them some questions on if they have this set up. And maybe I can go invite myself over there to look at it. I don't know. I, I, like it's, it's more than I really want to do because at the end of the day, I just want to go hunting. I, 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 it works for me. I don't need to get in the weeds too much. It's... Mm -hmm. It's nine. It's a 90% problem, man. I don't need to focus on the 10%. I want to focus on the 90% and go take my dogs hunting. But yeah. maybe some people do want to focus on the, the 10%. So 
let's let's move on. So I'm going to break in here again. This is the morning after. I was thinking about the antenna question that Brad um, asked, and uh, about the collar antennas. Yeah. And so we um, make our own antennas, and I I I can't hook that antenna up to the the spectrum analyzer. I can't hook it up to the um, antenna analyzer. You know, there's two different tools there. Right. But I can tell you what we did do. And so what I did learn, and I was thinking about this last night after we recorded the podcast. I'm like, oh, shit, we did some testing on those antennas. And the way we did it is I took my spectrum analyzer, which is basically like a big listening device, and it analyzes the the power and the, the gain of different signals that come in. And so I put an antenna on it, the Garmin antenna on it. And then we took a collar and we put a um, a tough skin, whatever, we, you know, our, one of our, our tough skins on it. And we started at like 24, 25 inches of length. And I looked at the spectrum analyzer and I seen the signal. And I'm like, okay, it was, you know, negative whatever dB or whatever it was. It would show me the signal. It was good, but it just wasn't strong. And so I'd trim a quarter right. and I'd watch the signal go up. And I'd trim a quarter and I'd watch the signal go up. And I'd trim a quarter and I'd watch the signal go up. You know what I mean? And I trimmed it. And then at some point I, I watched the signal go down. And I was like, so, so, so the shorter the antenna got, the better that signal came into that spectrum analyzer. And, and then it started going down and I'm like, okay. So I trimmed it a ways down until I, I was confident that it wasn't just like a little bubble or something, you know what I mean? And then it started going down and it was drastically down, you know? Um, sure. And that is how we have trimmed our antennas at 22 inches or whatever is it 22 and a half i don't remember it's been so long since we've done them but that was like the sweet spot on what i could measure physically and so i when we're talking to, to um brad I, I discussed the fact that i can't put that antenna on a connector because it's with a screw but what i did do was i put the collar in my shop on a on a, at a, at a specified distance and i had a device that would measure the the radio waves in the air and I was able to watch that signal change with the uh, length of cut that we did. So I don't know what the gain is. I don't know what the SWR is. I don't know what the, um, all that is, but I do know that I was maximizing up. If I made it longer, it went, I got less signal. If I made it shorter, I got less signal. And so, right. There's like a sweet spot. Yep. yep. And so anyways, that was the, one of the things that, 100% I, I kind of forgot about when I was, was talking about this topic. So that is something on the antennas that we did do. And maybe I'll need to pull that machine out again, that spectrum analyzer again, and, um, and, and move the antenna in different angles and directions and, and, and rotations. And, Mess with it. you know, I don't know that I could fully get a, a, a grasp of the gain of that antenna. But I might find out that man, that antenna works really good when the when the antenna's straight up. Okay, when the antenna's when the tip of the antenna is pointing at the the spectrum analyzer, not very good signal. And so you know, I mean, I might be able to look at you know a redneck way of trying to calculate Change somehow. The control. <laughs> like man, I get three times the signal when the dog's head is pointed this direction away from the antenna than I do when the tip of the antenna is pointed at the antenna. Then then I only get you know one times the signal or whatever. So. I'm not positive. Sure. I'm not going to swear that I'm going to go play with that stuff too much because there's a lot of other stuff I could do that's more important. But um, like catching bobcats, yeah, like hunting. <laughs> but 
but I'm not going to rule out that maybe I'm just a little bit too lazy to go do that a little bit too. But, but, but the truth is, is it wouldn't change anything. It's like, that's the, that's the problem for me is like, yeah, I could geek out on it and, and tell you when the antenna is this direction, this is the best, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to put the same antenna on the same dog. My dog's not going to listen to me. They're, you know, if, if I tell them that I can't get a signal when they point that tip of that antenna towards me, them sons of bitches are just going to point like this. That, tip of that antenna right at me. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to track them. So, so I don't want to tell them that. Anyways, that's kind of the only right. thing I would know is like, I could, I could totally geek out a little bit more about what happens, but it doesn't change anything. Cause number one, my dogs don't listen to me. And number two, I don't have another antenna that I would put on there. You know, I've, I've always thought about building a copper antenna or, or building a, a titanium antenna or maybe a gold antenna. You know, I don't know, maybe brass. I always thought, wonder what different types of material would change the impedance Probably of that antenna, garments. but I don't have a way to measure it. I don't have a, and at the end of the day, I just want to go hunt. So anyways, that was a, a a kind of a, a, a thought in my aha moment last night when I was talking or you know, in our podcast and I, I just felt like I missed the ball on the caller antenna question. Um, there's a little bit more there that I, I did do years ago that I kind of just forgot about. So anyways, it's been a long time. Yes. Yeah. So we'll add that to the podcast. Just make it even longer. All right. Continue on. <laughs> I want to talk about, so we need to get a couple of the questions because I asked people who had questions. So Jason, let's do those questions real quick. And yeah, I'm going to do a test on these ground plate antennas, which we're not going to get into too much here. I want to test um, our 5 eighths wave antenna without a ground plane against the ground plane antenna that is, is pretty popular out there. I have a couple of those coming into me. Um, I want to New check product. the SWR. I want to check the antenna. I want to put them on a good playing field. I want to try and get them both as good as they can be. And then I want to do a test and just see if, if one's outperforming the other, if I can find um, something to say this antenna is working better. I just don't know. But, um, but yeah, let's work on some of the questions real quick because so, we're getting pretty long-winded here. Yeah. I, you know, Brian had one earlier that was um... – it's just asking how much of a difference the magnetic base versus a fender bank fender mount can make, which we kind of addressed, you know, because yeah. of those, it's all going to change the impedance, right? The yep. location of the antenna, what it's connected to. Um, but as a larger magnetic base, does it give you better tracking ability was, was the second part of the question. So, so the first obvious answer to that is the location. A fender mount is normally mounted on the fender. And most of the time, a magnet mount is mounted on the top of the cab. And so the height of the antenna is giving the advantage. So the higher the antenna, the better it's going to perform in most situations. Again, like, you know, depending on the, the radiation pattern of the antenna. But for most of our antennas, the higher you get that antenna, the better it's going to perform. If you want to see an antenna kick ass, strap it to a drone and run it up in the air 50, 60 feet you're going to watch that thing do really good. I mean, it just, you're getting it that high. It's going to do really good as soon as it gets elevation. So elevation is a big factor in the radiation of the antennas. And so getting it up high and flat is, is good. Cause you get a lot of, um, the, 
the stuff that causes losses, trees and, and, and the curvature of the earth and all that, you know, you get back into a straight line site. So that's my first thing is a magnet mount on top of the truck should typically do better than a magnet mount on the fender. But you know what the big question I'm going to ask you is, what's your SWR? A low SWR magnet mount on the roof is going to do worse than a high, or I'm sorry, a high magnet mount on the roof. If the SWR is, is let's just say it's it's a bad antenna, it's a, a, a three, three SWR, and you got a one SWR uh, tuned fender mount, in most situations, if the and if the signal is hitting the antennas the same, that that better the lower SWR meter should should outperform the uh, the higher SWR. Minus so it doesn't matter where it is. The height. It has to do with it being tuned in your SWR. It does. It so, uh, and and that's where if we talk about impedance and we talk about the radiation pattern of those antennas, the, the antenna on top probably has a more circular donut shaped radiation pattern, right? Because it's on top, there's not as much to block it. So if you sure. put a little donut around that antenna, if you put one of them, them swimming donuts around that antenna sitting on top of your truck, you can kind of visualize it's going through the donut. That's where the signal is going to go. Now, if you put a donut through your fender mount, well, you got a windshield blocking it. You got one half of maybe that donuts, you know, you know, so there's, yeah. So it just changes that, that whole antenna, the whole radiation of that antenna changes depending on where it goes. And there's no, there's a lot of like, okay, it should, it, it does or whatever, but I can't tell you for exact, exactly what that radiation pattern is going to look like, but I think it would be a little bit different. I think, uh, a magnet mount would perform more reliably, but I think a fender mount absolutely with a good SWR um, will do decent. I think it'll do really good. Maybe not as well as a, a, a magnet mount on top and higher. So SWR, name of the game. That's what it boils down to. That's my first question. If you really want to know, yeah, what's the SWR? You're getting quiet. You're away from that mic a little bit, but... No, sorry. Any other questions? Um, well, Brad covered the chewed antennas. Uh, what about like switching from the Garmin to a VHF on the same antenna? So using the adapters, which you covered, is going to change your impedance. Kind of the same thing. I mean, impedance so, is the big factor. Yeah. It, in that situation, and so um, your frequency that you're talking on with your your handheld radio should be a little bit different than what your Garmin frequency is. Most people don't talk on the MERS channels, right? You're not supposed to, but if you're talking, so the way I like, like the way I ex explain it is, is if you're talking on that same frequency, antenna is perfect, right? If you're talking on a different frequency, let's say you have a, ham license you're a technician in a ham license so you're legal to talk 100 legal radio which most people aren't but let's assume you're legal and you're talking on 146 because that's a ham channel you have to have a license to talk on that ham channel i can take my truck which i have a license 
and I can dial into a SIM channel and be like 146. And I can use my Garmin antenna on that ham channel. My SWR is not one, okay? When I put out, so I can put out 50 watts on my radio, right? So my SWR on the ham channel might be two. So I'm gonna lose 10%. So I put out 50 watts, I, I lose 10%, 45 watts. That's plenty. I can talk a long ways. I can talk 60 miles with an antenna that spits out 90% on that channel. If I need to talk 65 miles, well, then maybe I should get an antenna tuned for 146. You're, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because the antenna is not dialed in dead nuts doesn't mean it's not going to function. Doesn't mean it's not going to do well. It doesn't mean it's not going to do all these things. But if you want to measure the, the, the fray, if you want to measure the best of, if you want to compete against other antennas, now your 10% matters. See what yeah. I'm saying? So to me, 10% when I'm talking on a VHF channel or you know my ham channels, I could care less. I want I just want to be under three. I want to make sure 70% of my my signal goes out. And there's a really good chance people are gonna hear me just fine. Because I can and that's the other thing about radios, is we're not talking about four watts. We're talking about five watts, ten watt, twenty-five watt, and I can bump up to fifty watts. I can put more power. You know what I mean? I can I can compensate for that antenna loss by by driving more power. The sure. Garmin's cannot do that due to regulations. That that was like one of the last questions I had. I mean, mine I do have one question that's kind of related to a topic you and I talked about earlier, but was like that beamer antenna. Mm -hmm. So like I know a lot of us have seen, and I'm not afraid to give a plug to Kevin and Nancy over there at Dogs Are Treat, but that Beamer antenna, like a lot of people were giving feedback on it. I know Kevin's said a lot of good things about it, but is that a, a higher gain antenna then? Because it's such a it's focused beam. It's a higher beam. gain in one direction. Well, it's like a telemetry directional, right? Like mm -hmm. I have a 151 directional in my closet that I borrowed from a buddy not long ago to test. Yeah. Like essentially that's what it is, right? It's an extremely pinpointed and fine directional yep. antenna. Yep. So you're going to get a really good signal in one direction. So if you know where the dogs are and you point that antenna towards them, you got a really high gain antenna. But if you point it towards the sky, you point it towards the ground a little bit, you angle it a little bit wrong. Now you're, you're going to drop off quickly, right? You know what I mean? It's not going to be instantly, but you know, you're, if you point 30 degrees in the wrong direction, you might be better with a five eighths weight truck antenna. I, I just don't know. I haven't seen a lot of those. I haven't done a lot and, and it's really hard to test, but because you got to take the dog out and you got to know the exact, you know what I mean? So those You're types of things are really hard to, to, to test, but that antenna is so focused. It has such a high gain that yes, if you know where the dogs are and you know, they're that direction, you should be able to point that antenna up that Canyon and you should, amplify those it's not amplifying you're not making the signal bigger but you're you're reflecting more you're collecting more it's, of that signal it's focusing like it's yeah, channel it's focusing it's like the light you're kind of focusing all the light in this one direction and and shoving it down the the receiver so i just i find the relationship between that and telemetry easier for me to relate to people like because i've learned a lot on this but like when i'm talking to people and you're talking about yeah. that beamer 
it's just a highly but, focused. I mean, you remember him and James probably chasing those cats. Rad too. You've done some telemetry stuff for, for the guys. There's a science to, to that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is not, it is not for the faint of heart. That antenna is a finicky antenna that you really got to know how to drive. So. That makes sense. Um, the last question I want to, the point I want to talk about was the ground plane. Um, I'm, we're going to do another podcast after we, we do some testing on the ground plane. A lot of people ask, what's the, what's the purpose of the ground plane? And, um, I've had it explained to me, um, not by an engineer, just, just by a hound guy that it was a bigger landing platform for the signal. I don't know that I, I, I don't know that that's the best way I would describe it. Um, but I, I, but I don't know a lot about the ground planes, but basically when you're pushing a signal off the antenna, it's kind of like it needs something to push off of. And so having a ground plane for that signal to launch off of is what helps the power go out of the antenna. In most situations, we have enough of a ground plane that it's not required. So, I don't see and and on our ground planes, which is different than the ones that they have. I didn't see my antenna SWR change when I put the ground plane on, once I took the ground plane off, my truck was creating enough of a ground plane that it didn't affect the, the, the antenna that I measured. I have not tested one of these triple mags and, and put that to the test, but, um, I just don't know. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from saying it's good. It's bad. I can tell you there's enough people on the internet that will testify to that antenna working better than anything out there that they've seen that it doesn't hurt the ground plane. I'm not going to, it does not hurt the signal. Some people would say it helps the signal. I know some people have said they've gotten better without it. I kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to reserve my judgment because I just don't know. There's, there's too much, speculation and without knowing the details of it, it's just, I'm just not going to go there. What those ground planes in, in, in before we, before hound guys started putting these ground planes on their trucks, most of the time where you've seen a ground plane was on the side of a house or a tower. Right. And, and I believe and I'm speculating, but I believe that's because you got a tower that's, or, or the side of a house that's 16 foot off the ground. Well, you're trying to push your signal with a 16 foot gap from the antenna, right? So, yeah. so you don't have anything to push that antenna off. It's not going to push off the wood of the house or maybe you got a, a cell tower. And so you got to have something on that cell tower to push off of. Right. And refract. so that's generally where we've seen ground planes before on, on, uh, radio frequencies. They, that's where these ground planes were initially when, when we talk, when he talks about the prototype and stuff, these ground planes were taken off of a house mounting two meter antenna. And so again, we could get into the weeds. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know them very enough, but I think, you know, I, I liken it more of like a springboard to push the, the signal off of. I don't think it affects the receive signal as much. But of course, if it changes the impedance, absolutely, it's going to change the. So, if that ground plane makes that antenna a lower SWR, 
absolutely it's going to it's going to make the signal better so if you have an antenna without an uh, with a high swr and you throw that ground plane on and it lowers the swr 100 that ground plane is going to work better than one without it so if you have an antenna conversely if you have an antenna with a low swr without a ground plane and you throw the ground plane on that antenna and it makes the swr go up that's a situation where the ground plane is hurting the antenna very possible like you have to like you can't just say you can't take one and not the other right this it could help you or it could hurt you and you you got to look at it either way you know electrically you say it could help or it could hurt but could you bring that back in with fine tuning it's not like it's permanently hurting a ground plane isn't going to hurt the antenna you just may have to fine tune that in right it could hurt the performance if the ground plane changes the impedance and now that antenna is not matching the impedance of the transceiver like right you but you can make those corrections right you could change the impedance by shortening the antenna or you, yeah yeah you probably could tune it yeah absolutely absolutely if you really wanted to use the ground plane you so could, it's not like you're just maybe, adding that isn't making it worse it's making it worse given the current like baseline, like you can make the adjustments and fine tune that in just like you would any other antenna. Yeah. What I guess what, what I'm saying is, is without measuring it, without looking at measuring it. a measurement, I can put the antenna on top of my truck and it acts differently than if I put it on my hood of my truck. And it acts differently if I put it on the bumper of my truck. The same exact antenna acts differently just with where I put it on my truck. So I have not tested this, but I have almost zero doubts that an antenna will act in, in some places are better than others. So who's to say which, you know, maybe some places it works best here and not there. Like on average, I think, you know, there'd be some common ground, but I'm just saying if it, if the antenna just changes just between where I put the damn thing on my truck, what makes a person think? putting a ground plane on and taking a ground plane off doesn't change the impedance yeah. slightly. Does it help it? Maybe. Does it hurt it? Maybe. I don't know. Like one situation, it might help it. One situation, it might hurt it. Like it's just, you have to measure the impedance matching. And, and when you get your impedance matching down, now you're getting the power through the antenna. So and in, in my mind, so, and again, I know we're trying to wrap this up a little bit, but like an area that I see from, from what you've explained that a ground plane may be helpful. Like, let's say you're out on your, your sleds and you're towing the little trailer, like where it doesn't have its ground plane, like our magnetic antennas on our, our roof or on the hood or whatever fender mounts, they're using your truck as a ground plane. But like, what about like a UTV or out on a snowmobile would a ground plane essentially even if you held it in your hand with that i'm gonna go back to jason it goes back to impedance what's the swr every situation has a different impedance every configuration so i'm not smart enough to tell you this is going to work that way that's going to work this way i'm just going to put the meter on it and i'll be like man that antenna sucks like I got way too much SWR. It's it's a wooden box. I don't know what it is. Like I got my my impedance is not matching. I'm not going to get good results out of that antenna. 
and I'm going to have to try to figure out what causes that. And maybe putting a ground plane in that situation lowers the impedance and, or lowers the, the SWR, matches the impedance. Off you go. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. So, so you're, man, I'm going to sound like an idiot. There's no answer. This, and I'm beating a dead horse. There's no but like, salt, yeah. The yeah. ground plane is irrelevant then. Horse. It, the ground plane is the irrelevant factor then. It's anything that changes the impedance. We're just throwing ground plane out there. Yep, absolutely. The connector, the the wire. You're just adding another component that may or may not help it. Like, then in theory, nothing should outperform the other as long as it's tuned. No, not necessarily. You got gain. You still got gain. You still got the relation of the antenna. You still got how that antenna electrically connects. You got. The, I mean, there's so many components. There's no cookie cutter. That's the. That's the. The end result is is there's no cookie cutter that you're going to go. This antenna does better than that one. You can get generalized and go this antenna normally has a high gain and so it does better in flat ground you know as long as it's tuned but you know so the radiation of different antennas is a little bit different but again that all changes as soon as the truck goes uphill downhill sure. you know you're driving down the road and the antenna starts bending you know what i mean you watch <laughs> the antenna curl back and it's not going straight up man that changes it you know what i mean just so many things change it it's kind of like nine miles out of a Garmin, like yeah. perfect situations, perfect things. All right. Let's do we beat this dead horse? Yeah, probably an hour and 40 minutes. Well, not too bad. <laughs> That's, we've been on longer. It's an hour and 40. I, I don't know. Um, we'll do another podcast where we can talk about some of the results, real results that we're seeing, I think. Um, I played around a little bit with the SWR. I want to, um, do some long distance testing. So I'll, I'll, I'll get an antenna. I'll try and get it tuned down to one, get it cut to the right length and run a antenna without a, a ground plane. I'll run an antenna with a ground plane and just, just see, I mean, I'm just curious to see, like, I don't want to geek out too much. I just want to go hunting, but there's a, enough questions out there that I'm like, you know what? Let's just, let's just play with this and see what we can do and come up with. Um, we, I think there's a really good chance it, with, with, with the discussions around these antennas, this triple mag and this ground plane and this not ground plane, somehow we've gotten roped. I've gotten roped into the fact that I'm a, I'm a tried and true Browning guy and, and Browning's the only antenna out there to work. And I don't really care. I don't like the way the ground planes look. Like I was, I was joking with another guy. I was like, even if it got double, I'd probably still not want it on my truck. I just don't like the look of it. Um, but that doesn't mean that this is the one with the ground plane is not the right one for you. And I've stayed away from selling them just because of the drama. Um, like, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I, I, I've not wanted to be close to that drama. I'm kind of over it. I've gotten thrown into the drama enough times that I'm like, whatever. So we're going to bring those antennas on. I, I've, I've got a bid out for them, the exact same company that, that builds them. They, they, they approached me five years ago, 2018. They approached me wanting me to sell them, and I've, I've avoided them. So we're going to be bringing those things in. Um, I'm not sure what the price point's going to be yet. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, normally it'd be a little bit lower than what they're out there on the market now, but I, I don't want to feel like I'm undercutting 
um, the, the competition, but I just look at the prices I'm looking at now. And I think they're like $35 a piece. And then you got shipping and there's tariffs on that. And so when I look at the overall cost, I'm going to say they're supposed to be around $99 if that's what we normally priced them at, but that we might put them at 120 just so we're not undercutting the market. Um, I just don't know, but I'm, I want to be fully transparent about it because I know there's so much drama around that antenna that um, if you like that antenna, who am I to tell you not to buy it? You know, so we're going to offer that antenna. Um, I want to test it and people can use this information however they want. Whatever antenna you want, get it from whoever you want. Like just make sure you're, you're, uh, you're getting it set up the correct way as, as best you want. If that's what you want, just set up the, the, the meter, get the meter, test the SWR or don't go hunting and say you did. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up, Jason. Uh, next time we gotta, we gotta talk about your, your trip. And uh, I think uh, if there's any comments, any suggestions, we're gonna do a follow-up antenna one with some of the data that we can talk about if, if you can and you want to get into this. We'll put some show notes in here for you to study and, and some of the stuff that I was reading about. And if it doesn't make sense or it does make sense, shoot me a question. Shoot, um, like I said, I want to I want to follow up and, and, and chase this topic with some real data once we get it. So we'll wrap this one up.